Hello and welcome to That Tech Show, the show that reveals the magicians behind the magic that is everyday technology. Well, hello, That Tech Showers. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for allowing us into your ears once more. Very good. Well, who is on the episode? Well, building on from last week's episode on sustainability with Ruben Bailey, uh, Ruben and ba- Ruben Bailey sounds like a, just a name, doesn't it? Building on last week's episode of sustainability with Ruben and Bailey from Footprint Digital, we're sticking with the sustainability drive with a big old brand this week. And as Andrine came on the show, he's the CEO of Urbanista Headphones. Urbanista is pretty cool. They've got a new solar-powered headphone design called Los Angeles and it's what Anders is here to talk to us about but more about that after the catch-up <laughs> well the news this week is that Elon's bought Twitter right so that's the big thing oh yeah I actually thought that they were gonna reject his offers or something I don't know I think initially initially they had and then they changed their minds about it money talks 44 billion yeah it's a lot isn't it I have heard 44 43 various different figures but you know having you know 40 odd billion to drop on a social media platform is huge what was it 54.3 pence a share uh, cents a share imagine taking a company like that private though that's incredible yeah well he wants to make the algorithm open source so that it builds trust he wants to verify all humans and try and target the bots, which is kind of interesting coming from him because didn't he say he wanted to have a, a robot on everyone's house by the end of this year, actually? <laughs> Did he say that? Yeah. I think it's causing a lot of people to leave, actually, I've heard, which I think is an interesting response, actually. Well, we've spoken about this before. Elon is a bit of a divisive character. Like Some people love him. Some people absolutely hate and think he's like a chauvinistic and egotistical maniac he actually has autism you know oh right i didn't know that yeah i was learning about autism the other day he actually has autism so that's quite crazy so very fair dues to him but unfortunately his personality robs people up the wrong way well i think it's interesting though isn't it because i think people are worried about the concentration of power in one person but you know arguably that is equally as bad when you look at something like Facebook that does have its power generally concentrated in one person, but there's a board around it and there's shareholders to answer to. I think the fact that you've got shareholders doesn't necessarily make it uh, less corrupt. Mm. But I mean, look at his look at his history. I mean, he he acquired Tesla. Did he start or acquire SpaceX? Yeah, I'm not sure about that. I, I don't know. But it'll be interesting to see which direction it goes and whether it becomes more open or um, – because it might do. Mm. But it also might go the other way. I mean, I think you could you could be the cynical person about it and say that he was going to, you know, just give you a, a private space to – for his own tweets, really. Mm. In fact, I, th- I saw something that um, – I think it was the comedian Dave Gorman was posting something um, – that if you post something derogatory about Elon Musk, it will immediately be replaced by a nicety. I think quite a lot of people <laughs> fell for that. Uh- <laughs> no, it wouldn't surprise me. But uh, basically, it seems to me he he thinks of of Twitter as being almost the future of of news. Because I thought it was very off brand of of him to acquire Twitter, but because he's all about kind of the future and building sustainability and all, all his kind of, you know, his escapades revolve around that kind of idea. And I'm thinking, what has Twitter got to do with that? 
you know, I mean, they say if aliens were to land and we'd have contact with uh, with aliens, we'd first hear about it on Twitter because it's the fastest moving news source available. Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. It's definitely an interesting thing to see what direction it goes in because I've kind of always thought with Twitter that it has a has a lot of potential to be very good. But it, it can, unless you've already got followers from that first you know, big boost of Twitter, most of it is like shouting into the void. There's not much interaction that goes on there except for, you know, from big corporate brands tweeting things and people following up and commenting and then, you know, small spats that come off the back of it. I kind of think it's lost a bit of its glamour from its early days. Yeah. You know, but it still has a lot of potential in the brand, I think. It's like um, this whole idea of rich and poor, isn't it? It's the 1% kind of that have the monopoly on on Twitter and then anyone else is just kind of like lost in the ether. Yeah, I think it's quite exciting what happens in the next 10 years. But oh dear, we've gone political. <laughs> what else we've got going on? You've got cats, right? I've got cats. I've got a cat on my lap right now. Oh, that's nice. I know. He's he's really good, really, really good cat. We've got three cat, three kittens now. They've come from uh, Abu Dhabi and Dubai. Uh, they're rescue kittens from the streets. So uh, they've been flown over. And uh, they're settling in. They're quite cool. We've got one, one white and two black. Uh, they're Arabian mouse. And uh, yeah, they're settling in. It's a bit crazy at the moment, though. We've got them in separate rooms because we've got two from, uh, two from the same litter. So they're in one room together. And then we've got this crazy uh, fella called Artemis who sat on my lap at the moment. And uh, we're uh, slowly introducing them. I was going to say, is Artemis taken to you? But no, no, you've just locked him in. Oh, he is 100% bonded to me. Right. Like we we are best friends now. Yeah. He's been playing, I mean we've been we've had him for just under a week since the last episode went out and uh he's been playing games. We've uh we we've got fetch going on which I'm trying to struggle to not mention because he'll start playing it. That can go on for about 20 or 30 minutes and then uh, a break for 10 and then another 30. Yeah, this cat has infinite energy. But he's also been to the vet already because he did managed to crash into a marble coaster and cut his knee. So we've had to have that repaired. Uh, So he's had a cone for a day as that healed up. So um, it's it's intense. Anyway, we've been waffling on for like 10 minutes now. I know. Let's chat about more about what's going on in today's episode, I think. So we're pretty excited to have Anders join us to talk about their company. That's Urban Easter Headphones. This is a real great insight into an innovative hardware company. And amongst other things, we'll be talking about ear size, their Dr. Frankenstein approach to designing new headphones by chopping up existing to make new chipsets, plastics, and working with local companies as they build components to develop a sustainable future for headphone design. Well, there we go. Here's Anders Andre. My name is Anderson Green, and I'm the CEO of Urbanista. For those who don't know Urbanista, we're, we're a lifestyle audio brand making headphones and speakers for modern, active, uh, and curious people. Active and curious people. Look forward to getting into that. So, yeah, let's dig into a bit of a uh, bit of a background then. So, where does this lust for either business or or kind of headphones specifically? Where does that kind of stem from? Well, I'm personally a bit of a tech geek myself. And uh, audio, probably the one territory I'm always more interested in because of the sort of the nature of engagement with myself and, and anyone who, who jumps into, you know, 
not only music because obviously music has a magical uh, touch with with the with the consumer, but then also everything nowadays you can do with the podcast, with the audiobooks, uh, with information flow, etc. So I, I jumped into this industry with sort of the lifestyle approach, but then as you unfold, then you realize there's so much more to it, and the evolution is going so fast now. It's getting more interesting, by the way. Yeah, no, I bet. And so wh- where were you at before you started Urbanista then? I'm coming from a sort of a, let's call it production history. So I was uh, five, six years at Flextronics making uh, phones for uh, Sonny Ericsson and others in Sweden and in Malaysia at factories. Uh, then I went to another com- company called OSM doing bling bling, uh, you know, uh, accessories for mobile phones. And we were the sub-supplier of Nokia, Samsung, uh, LG, uh, and that was uh, a yeah, very, very lucrative business for a time when, when they always put a case or a, a strap inside. So that was quite interesting. But then, uh, then audio started to become something different. So that when, that's when it started to be interesting. It wasn't just for listening to music, but it was part of a lifestyle. And that's where I started to really uh, feel like this is something to jump into. You probably have a good answer for this, but what do you reckon was the, was the shift towards a sort of lifestyle aspect? It's not one singular shift, but if you want to have a shift, then obviously the, I, I, I would give that recognition to Beats at the Olympics uh, in London when you know people were coming in with these big cans, uh, warming up and getting uh, you know the atmosphere going. So I think that was a shift where people were like, "Aha, uh-huh, you, you, you should have headphones." Uh, <laughs> so I think that was one one point when uh, obviously a breaking point for Beats. Uh, but also breaking point for audio consumed in a different way. Of course, you can go all the way back to Sony Walkmans and people are still carrying your audio with you. But I think that was the, the moment when lifestyle audio came to, to the surface and really started to break through. And uh, since then, uh, Beats have obviously gone like a rocket, but uh, many others like ourselves uh, doing the same thing. So uh, if there's any pinnacle moment, that, I, I would say that's, that's the one. Yeah, because they sort of... I, I mean, I wasn't alive when the the Walkman was kind of in its heyday, but I, I think they weren't. It was fashionable, like without a doubt. Beats really took that to the extreme, didn't they? They really made it that kind of almost a priority with the with the sound and and the, what it, what it is you're actually listening to. I mean, personally, I wasn't a fan of um, Beats Audio, but obviously the the fashionable impact was uh, undeniable really and then and then yeah because of course you've got something like uh, skull candy as well being one of those another one of those fashionable audio things so because i thought i actually thought you were going to say the ipod because of course of course we're talking about a step by step thing but you're talking about the kind of white earphones in your thing and that was obviously a big statement that everyone knew you had an iPod, and that was a sort of you know a fashionable statement to have. You're also a target for theft, but you know, <laughs> less said about that, the better. But um, yeah, I mean, I mean, to comment to comment on that, I mean, you can't you can't address the audio market the last ten years without addressing Apple AirPods. Uh, they are still and have been for many years the world leader, and with only a couple of uh, SKUs, meaning models. That's completely fascinating, and obviously they have revolutionized the way we carry it. I mean, the first time it came out, everyone thought it was looking silly. 
but then all of a sudden that's that's the norm that's the way you should look like and i think i think uh, the the real proof of that is when uh, when you even have fake copies of that not even playing you just wear them because they look cool but they don't they don't even play music so th- that sort of proves uh, the dignity of of the brand making and of just white quite ugly pieces in your ear uh, so uh, of course, they revolutionized the, the sort of industry with that. Mm. But it was a, it was another step, like you say. It was, a, it was just another step towards this. Also, step into the convenience of how you wear and carry audio. Whereas Beats, I think, took lifestyle into the proper into the first room of how you select your audio products. Whereas Apple, maybe with AirPods, changed the way we consume and how how. The category true wireless have been the dominant way to listen. So, however, the first one was, of course, the Swedish company Earring, which is still quite small in the context, but very, very skilled engineers. Uh, so they were the first, in my, as, as far as I know, the first into this true wireless segment. And then others did it to boom. Okay. So let's, let's get into the, to Urbanista then. So you mentioned as well the, um, beats being a, a spark for the, the the lifestyle aspect to audio what do you think it is about that you enjoy or that 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 really hit home for you the lifestyle aspect to audio specifically headphones or speakers are tech products but they are so embedded into your way of living uh, especially for headphones or earphones you you wear them so i would rather say it's funny that lifestyle hasn't been a more dominant part of uh, this industry um, until the recent 10 years. I mean, when you choose your your, your shirt or sweater or jacket, you, you, you carefully think about the colors, the, the materials and the, how it looks on you, etc. So for me, it's quite natural that lifestyle, design, fashion is a big part of that. Do, do I like the looks of it or not? Do I want to look like this or, or do I want green or blue or so to me it's quite natural that it, it is a growing trend that we do care how they look like it uh, and, and also for that matter i think consumers nowadays also during the last 10 years have become a whole lot more aware and they, they care a little bit more about what they purchase uh, surely amazon is crushing it with, with cheap 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 alternatives as well so they're, they're surely Lots of consumers who look at price first, but I also think the trend is going towards people who are a bit more aware, a bit more curious, who are, want to engage with brands that they 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 feel do the right thing. But I think that's sort of where we're heading, uh, and then uh, yeah, the, this industry needs to move in that, to that direction, especially since at the end of the day we, we are making products that uh, are all about consuming. We we want we, I, I want to sell more products. But we just have to start doing it more mindful. We need to think a little bit further uh, and hopefully get, get people to choose right. So. Mm-hmm. And so Urbanista is born. You're, you're, you see this, where the, where the market is going, where these trends are, are heading. What was that kind of, what was that transition like? Or what was that kind of going from working on mobile phones and accessories and then actually building your own product you know and and owning your own business what was that transition like um uh, interesting <laughs> interesting 
it's uh, there's so many pros and cons to be perfectly honest. Uh, fortunately, mostly uh, pros. But running a business, I mean, you are so much more exposed for everything. You know, everything from you know when when the when the quality of a product is uh, compromised, then you get the beating. When 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 the cash is going low because you bought too much stock, then you are the responsible person. You're not able to ship because you you bought the wrong product and the demand is on another product. You're always the one to blame. So you really have a whole lot more challenges and and uh, pressure. But at the same time, you also get the rewards. And you know, if you want to play in the Premier League, you you, you want to have that pressure. You, you you live and you need to like that pressure. So it, it's not always pleasant, but it's always making you giving you a drive to become better so i for me it's been uh, it's been some great years Mm -hmm. we speak a lot again about um uh, software on on this show and oftentimes it's a similar process of having a bit of a side hustle doing something alongside your kind of full-time job and then jumping into it and kind of building up from there uh doing a very startup way of doing things now We've not spoken to um, anyone who's built a physical product yet. Was it a, you know, I've got this idea, I'm going to just cut all ties with, or I quit my quit my current job and go into this and, and sort of get like a bank loan and build a team up around you? Or was there a phased approach to the, the physical product way of doing things? Yeah, so for, for, for me, uh, the journey of Urbanista started with uh, actually Urbanista being... Uh, Founded already a couple of years earlier, but with uh, with a sort of completely different approach, with 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 a brand idea that I like very much, but doing tons of different products, uh, foldable bikes, shopping trolleys, uh, etc. <laughs> kind of products for urban people, uh, city life. However, I, it, that that didn't work, so it, it was going bankrupt. So I was uh, asked to come in because the company needed new investment. So I uh, took it over, uh, invested myself, uh, and I felt like 10% nervous and 90% excited because I, I was committed that this can be, this can be something we can really grow fast and do something exciting about. The first one and a half years, to be perfectly honest, was a lot of fun, but more dreadful. <laughs> it was all, all about trying to figure, figure out, you know, how do we get cash to be enough? How do we get the, the products to come out in time? How do we get orders from big retailers when they've never heard of us? We, we don't have a repetition. We don't have anything. So how do you get all that, those things to work? And that, that's challenging, but it's also a race that gives you so much adrenaline that you, you just keep working there. But of course, there's many nights you're, you're thinking, what, what on earth do I do? Because this, this is going to be tough. The adrenaline keeps you going, and uh, also re- the rewards of hopefully in the bigger picture going in the right direction. And we were, we were, I should say, lucky that we we were constantly going in the right direction. We had, we managed to get a fast growth, so we we felt that energy coming back to us. The, the, yeah, the first part is always very very tough, but then when you when you get to certain revenue level. I feel like when you go with a speedboat, your 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 nose is going straight up, and you're you're just carving water, and then all of a sudden you, you it's coming down, and you're starting to uh, just jump over the the waves quite easily. 
And that's sort of the feeling when you get to a turnover level where a bump is not a bump. It's just, you just jump over it. Uh, it's not more than that. Yeah, yeah, no, sure. So let's talk about Urbanist's latest innovation then. We're, we're talking about um, solar-powered headphones. Now, first of all, I, I, as a CEO, you're obviously driving the vision. How did how did this product come into existence or your peripherals or was it your brainchild or how did how did this solar powered headphones kind of become uh, urbanist's passion so given that i've been in the industry for 20 years i've had proposals many times of solar power solar power products uh often it's been from the angle that we, we need to do for rural areas where you don't have power supply you need to have a chart uh, power banks or stuff like that. And what we all, I mean, I, I've always been very, very interested in that because I believe solar is going to be the future for us all. We need to go in that direction. There's no other alternative. However, every time I've been disappointed because it's either, either too expensive or the, the capacity is too low. Mo- most often both. Um, so we've never gone ahead with a product like that. Now I was approached by Actually, I was sort of put together, so it was like a blind date-ish uh, with with these guys in, in Stockholm called Exeter, and they, uh, I was told they, they're they're revolutionary in, in, within the solar space. You should just meet them, and I was like, okay, I don't really have time, but sure, I'll go up to them, to them since they are here in Stockholm, uh, and actually, like you know, ten minutes walk. We had a meeting, and they showed some some quite ugly prototypes, but they they did work. And that sort of starts that that sort of sparked something in me. Is this finally the moment where we go into this? And we first will play played around with it a lot technically. And the good thing is that they don't only sit here in their office, they sit here in the factory in Stockholm. So given that I always have to go to Far East to to check factories, now they're sitting here. So that it was so much easier to really analyze and understand how does the technology work. Is this working and is it scalable into thousands of pieces? And we realized it started to work. So how do you make this really ugly prototype into something nice? And that's when we connected our designers who obviously care a little bit more about, you know, form and shape and function. And we wanted to make something that has solar power, but doesn't look like a parachute on your head. Doesn't look like it's solar powered. <laughs> exactly. We, we, I mean, when you hear this word solar power, power, or even solar panel, you think about something really ugly. And you need, we, we believe that technology should be driving forward at full speed. However, it should be embedded. It should be hidden. What, what you want to wear on you is more in line with what suits your lifestyle. So we wanted to hide it as much as possible, even though it has to be it has to be very visible because it, it it needs to absorb the sun. So we did tons of iterations on how it looked like, working out what kind of size real estate you get. In in, in this one, we ended up with seventy two square centimeters, and that's obviously the ratio of gain and drain, meaning how much energy do you gain from the sun at a particular uh, uh, light. And then how much do you drain with the, when playing? So we ended up with a size that we think fit and also doesn't look silly. And we embedded this particular cell into the headband 
so that if you wouldn't know it's a, it's a solar power headphone, I don't think you would have thought about it. Uh, and that sort of was the ambition. And the benefit with this technique is not only that it sort of gets energy from all types of light, that's of course the most revolutionary thing, but that it's also such a thin film, it's 1.4 millimeter in our, uh, in our case, and that it's bendable uh, and with any sort of plastic surface. So you can make it in what we have done, a matte uh, surface so that it sort of blends into the matte headphone, but you can make it in anything. So that's that's where we realized uh, this is this could be really cool. And we are really with the outcome of the design. So yeah, long story short, it, it was it was a blind date. I wasn't eager to get to, but it ended up uh, in, a, in a great relationship. It's amazing how relationships, just off chance meetings, can kind of pan out and and whatever. So so did this did this company have an idea of what they wanted to produce? Uh, they did they have this idea of the headphones, or what was their what was their intention from that meeting? Yeah, so they, they've been developing this technique for 13 years. And obviously through that, they've, they've thought a lot about where to apply this uh, technique. And headphones being a pretty cool category, getting a lot of uh, attention. Uh, they, they had the ambition to, be, to put this technology on headphones. Uh, and, and given the outcome, given the PR value for when we launched, that was a good good idea for them. Because uh, I think they're... Aware, the awareness of the powerful technique elevated dramatically when, when we launched uh, our Ebonista um, Los Angeles headphones. So, yes, they had the idea to put this on, on headphones. The ratio between the gain and drain is also very good on, on headphones so that you can get the more or less infinite playtime. Uh, and that's ultimately what you want. You want, you want to ditch that cable. And also saving the cables. We don't we, we don't need more cables in the world. So it, it has a lot of benefits, and that's that's the magical ratio between them. So they had that idea, and uh, I'm very very glad that we got in contact with that reason. And it, it's a Stockholm born and bred kind of product as well. So you've got it's a product of Stockholm, right? And that's always a nice thing, right? Yeah, exactly. And given that this product was developed through the pandemic. I think we had a lot of benefit being in Stockholm, both of us, because we can't go to China, work with the engineers in the factory, et cetera, right now. I mean, um, so, so the fact that at least Exeter and us could sit together was, was a great uh, benefit. So yeah, we gained from that. And it's pretty, it's pretty, pretty, pretty exciting to, to physically meet. And, and brainstorming sessions are never the same virtually. So for the fact that we can sit in the same room, again, playing around with tangible products, it becomes a, whole, a different thing. Believe this or not, Chris and I have only met, really met once outside of, uh, we worked together at Talk Talk for, for a little bit where you bumped into each other once or twice. But yeah, we've, we've only physically met once and it was, it was weird seeing him in 3D, wasn't it, Chris? It was a bit weird. And the longest conversation I think we had was at a leaving party, which I think was your leaving party. Not mine specifically, but, at, you know, the company I was working with. But yeah, you was a you was a collective company. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's fascinating. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot technology you can do for us, but there's also not a lot. It can well. There's a lot. It stunts really. And I think um, that collaboration, that quick fire is um, is priceless. Really, when it comes to, to, to developing something together, so that's where your obsession with the metaverse comes, isn't it, Sam? 
You took the words right out of my <laughs> mouth, Chris. <laughs> we won't get into that. It, it's funny though that you, you, you're you're a fan of traveling, and at the same time, you're a fan of virtual work. I, I, my uh, my my interests vary wide widely. So uh... they know no bounds of the physical world. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Physical or digital, but um, so with with then the headphones, you've got the you've got the solar powered area of of the headphones. You're obviously already doing your your headphones. Like, did you need to rework or do anything with the power consumption, like you say, or even even just the construction of the headphones, or was it plug and play almost? Yeah, I wish. Uh, no, it, it was. <laughs> tons of tweaks uh, and as a matter of fact that's one of the things i i like about the project because all of a sudden what happens is that when we have all our engineers focusing on reducing the power consumption then you know things happen so just out of work our portfolio you can you can see we have a product called miami which has a quite remarkable uh, 50 hour playtime and that's you know, I, I I don't want to say industry leading, but it, it is up there, uh, and it's quite impressive. And then when we launched Los Angeles, it has the same battery and the same setup in that sense, and it has eighty hours playtime. If you don't apply the the light, the solar side, so if you're just sitting in your dark room playing video games, you will still have eighty hours playtime compared to the same battery having fifty hours playtime. So we simply use the same setup uh, as Miami as that without solar power. And just work the consumption down bit by bit. You, you, it, it is like a, you know, it is a race to just reducing the consumption in small chunks, and all of a sudden you you come so far, almost to fifty percent of what you had. So imagine if all types of consumer electronics would care that much about consumption, we would have dramatically reduced the consumption in the world. So solar power or not. If everybody just cared enough about reducing consumption, we would have made a huge difference. No, absolutely. Um, I'm. I, I think I mess, mentioned this on uh, the last episode we recorded. Actually, I'm super. Uh, obviously, we build websites and whatever. I'm super tight on accessibility being a huge driver for basically better products for everybody. And I think this is the same concept. You have these restrictions. You have these lofty targets to try and achieve these 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 restrictions that are being placed on you and they help build better products uh so i I, i'm all for kind of um again just using using those restraints to to foster creativity and and whatever yeah and and that's what that's what i feel i mean same as tesla buying a tesla is still having a negative effect on on the environment however it, it might arguably but in my view it is better than most other cars. So it's all about leaning into the right direction so that we, we force companies like ourselves or any other to, to move to that direction. So as consumer, I think we have such a power to just choose rightfully and not, not, not choosing the wrong alternative. And obviously that's why Tesla is doing so well. It's, oh, of course, it's a great car with a, with a massive engine as well, but it's, it's a little bit more sustainable and the right choice. Uh, compared to some others, and probably similar to you. And again, I don't know the nuances, but they build and manufacture all of their uh, parts 
in one location, right? They're not shipping it across the world. There's no travel and, and various things like that. So similar to to your your setup um, in Stockholm, there's there, there's not a. Um, I mean, you tell me what what is that cost? The cost of shipping parts or, or whatever. Yeah. So so as I mentioned before, the the trend is now to look at manufacturing in Europe uh, in general, not only us, but. Uh, Competitors, uh, other other categories are looking at that. Right now, the challenges are that the, the infrastructure is in Asia, primarily China. All the raw materials, all the parts are made in China still, and therefore it, it is challenging. So I think it will take a little while, but more manufacturing will be here, uh, just like Exeter's PowerPoint will be here in Europe, whether that's in Central uh, Europe or if it's Eastern Europe. And maybe, you know, some parts are back in, in Western Europe. I, I think that will come because also, as you know, the, the logistics now is getting very complicated and very, very expensive. And looking at it from a sustainability perspective, that might be super good because the economy makes you think a little bit more and then hopefully you take the right decisions. On that sustainability note, I mean, I'm wearing earpods now right and these are essentially disposable earphones well they don't have to be of course you can open them up you can replace the battery and all the rest of it but they're not built to i think they are built to be disposable to be honest is that something that you're kind of addressing with your wireless earphones because i feel like a lot of wireless earphones to get so small to get sleek or to be whatever they're really sacrificing that ability to 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 fix them you know, or to change the battery, you always. Yeah, I, I I think that's an extremely important topic, and uh, that is me being more addressed these days. There are even laws being in discussion to have 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 an effect on this. So you you need to make it possible to to change the battery, etc. So that's uh, coming into place, and more more of the consumer electronics industry are looking into that. Uh, in, in, in many different ways. First of all, how do you exchange parts? Uh, that's obviously one of the most important. Uh, but also, how do you make it recyclable? Uh, how can you use the battery materials again? So, right now, I, I don't even know anyone doing that really well. And I, I won't say, and, and we are not either, but it, it's definitely one of the hottest topics for, I think, many of us to look into. How do we really get that? tweak because the challenge again is doing all that is also costing a whole lot more so uh, and it adds more challenges to the engineering the solutions on the plastics uh, so it is challenging but just like when we made the consumption of the uh, of the headphones go down we this is something that i think if we start really focusing on it all of us then we will be creating these solutions how to make them less consumables and more of a of a recycled system so uh, this is where we have to go the trend is also going into more recyclable materials uh, whether it's ocean plastics or if it's something you can put back on the comp- compost so it's it's a lot of those things going in the right direction we just have to speed up i think yeah yeah and do you do you have like a recycle scheme or anything like that that people can send in their old earphones or that you do any kind of scheme there we're we're looking at that because uh, I think that would be very very good. We were of course 
trying to inform people that you need to put it back where into electronics waste so that it can be taken care of. And the, the challenge about, you know, sending it back like you do with a pet bottle, uh, it's also costing both money and uh, environmental to, to send it back. So you're, then you're adding uh, complications to, to the environmental effect. So it's not super easy as just saying, hey, you get $10 back for, 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 for sending it back. Uh, it, it has more complications. We're trying to figure that out. But, but then we at least do things like we, we don't have plastics in our packaging. We only do papers. So you literally put it into the recycle bin, uh, or the paper recycle bin. Those kind of things just to at least put, mm, uh, what do you call it? One-time plastics, not to put the one-time plastics into the world. Uh, but, the, and yeah, those are small steps. But the, when, when we all care about those small steps, they become a, bigger bigger thing have you looked at alternative materials for headphone manufacture then because i mean a lot of it is, is plastic isn't it single use yeah well i mean we, we are very plastic driven so we've looked a lot at uh, uh ocean recycled plastics for example and we've done tons of tests the challenge there is the how durable it is drop test is one of the tests you do normally that plastic becomes more fragile and then, uh, especially for headphones, you need to be able to bend it, twist it, and it's just not sustainable because it's breaking too easily. So those have been the most challenging uh, aspects uh, that we need to crack, but we, we need to get there. But then we're also looking at different types of plastics, which are more environmental friendly. Same with, it's still fragile uh, if it's made by sugar canes or, or different different types of materials. But the problem is, Again, the, the, the fragile and also they become bulkier often. So the, the, there's a huge interest from us and fortunately from others as well to go into that direction. And I think consumers are absolutely willing to make that choice if, if it's available and if it's clearly communicated. Are there any sort of non-plastic alternatives that are on the horizon at all? Oh, oh, of course there are. I mean, you can work with wood, you can work with fabric. Uh, with steel was well, it's the practicality of these isn't it for a headphone i mean like i i'm not i'm i'm not uh asking because i'm pushing you to say that you know we're, we're going that way but like it it seems like I, I don't know what the alternative is so i'm just curious as to whether it's something you've explored yeah yeah so we, we we're looking at that from a conceptual so we're, we're unfortunately not there yet but from a conceptual view we spend a lot of time to do that because we, we care quite a bit the people who live who work here and I also think it's it's great. Uh, I think the brand is that's where the brand should be. But but the challenge is to find that alternative which is really better for the environment. Wood would be arguably arguably better. Uh, there are there have been uh, some players doing wood headphones or speakers, and I think that's very interesting. But then again, wood also have an impact on the environment. So you know, is better or worse? We it is yet to be analyzed, but. Uh, it's definitely something to advise. I suppose that depends on which particular headphone product it is that you, you, you're looking at. I can't imagine wood is going gonna, is gonna to work particularly well for in-ear earbuds. It, it is a bit weird, uh, <laughs> but maybe it would be cool. It, it feels like it's just going to get grubby very quickly, you know, unless you're going to have to re... Because then you'll have a different problem, Sam. You won't be changing the battery. You'll be re-varnishing your earphones every year. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> but... Uh, 
I, I think wood is interesting, but then outside that, it, it's not really better than metals or steel. I mean, it's not really uh, better for the environment nor you, the user case, and definitely not the cost. So it's 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 tricky to be honest. I'm interested in these design challenges, especially in the world, in the physical world, because I think most of the time Sam and I are working in a very virtual world. Like, I mean, how do you? Um, I mean, we talked a little bit about the, uh, the the solar headphones. How are you planning to get that down into earbud technology? Because I don't think you've got that yet, have you? And and how do you deal with the ergonomic portion of like earbud design as well? Yeah, so obviously we're looking at that, and I'm sure others do too. Because earbuds, the true wireless earbuds, are the big, uh, they the, the stand for the biggest chunk of, of the industry. Uh, you, you have a couple of challenges. And, uh, one is the real estate, of course. I mean, the earbuds themselves. I mean, there's no surface whatsoever to, to play around with. And then, then you have the case. And again, they are normally small, so you need to crack how how can you make that uh, big enough or interesting, uh, big enough to to actually gain enough energy. The other aspect is the consumption. Earbuds, true wireless earbuds, have two chippers, not one, like in a headphone. And therefore, the, the consumption is actually almost double. You would imagine it's less because it's smaller buds, but they are, in fact, consuming more. So that's the challenge, and that's what, uh, what we need to come around. But uh, yeah, of course, we're looking deeply into that and looking at how can we make that work, because we... As a brand, we want to be the brand that comes out with not only the first headphone, but also the first uh, earbud with solar-powered headphones. Have, have you looked at any other technologies for, uh, for for sort of charging? Like, you know, I was always amazed with like the the kinetic power that you'd have in a watch. I mean, obviously, a watch is going to you know require a lot less energy than two chipsets that are running in an earbud. But I'm just curious, do you, do you look at other areas or go like that? These are areas that are never going to work versus these are areas that might work. I'm- I mean, the funny thing is that uh, you, you rather you rather see watches go into solar. Uh, I can't remember who it was now, but they have gone into solar where you put that solar cell uh, behind the behind the behind the dials, I suppose. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so they have gone the other route. Whereas I, I think you're, it's very interesting point of view because obviously you're carrying the headphones or earphones, and that adds a lot of energy into it if, if, if you would add that technology. The other thing is the size. So on earbuds, that, that would be probably too uh, too big for for it. But uh, it's super interesting, especially maybe for sports earphones. I mean, it, if you want to charge it, you need to move. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> there is something to it. Have I just come up with an idea for you then? I, I, I yeah, was... I was just thinking. Man, I'll, I'll go straight to the <laughs> to the developer team. Yeah, I, I, just a, just a little kickback there would be great. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I'll remember that. In terms of the design anyway, I mean, how do you deal with the ergonomics of something like an earbud? Because, I mean, I, I have a terrible time with earbuds. They always fall out of my ears. I've, I've not found a single one other than the ones I've actually got in right now, which are a cheap monitor earbud that are wired as well for uh, the, the, the cheapest thing I could find. But they always fall out. They're either too big or they're too small. And I, I, I don't know how... I mean, how do you how do you do with the product research to make sure that things are going to fit in the vast array of sizes that are people ears? <laughs> yeah, I mean that that's exactly the challenge we're about because there are seven billion pairs of unique ears, so you won't you won't have one fitting everyone. And for earbuds with only plastics, you you try to have a shape that leans enough 
into sort of the, the parts of the ear that holds it back. But then, of course, the, the, the other parameters when you have a sports earphone, for example, you have that, that silicon wing, um, in order to be a bit more flexible. And normally we do and others do, uh, add uh, different sizes so that, uh, that flexible uh, can really lean into the back of the uh, outer ear as well. Because then you really stay in there. We, we try to first of all look at, at our competitors, of course. Uh, and then in the end, we do tons of um, samples, just trying out with, with uh, everyone in the office, everyone in the China office, everyone in the US office, just trying, how do this fit? Go for a run, do this and this and this. Normally with, you know, these 3D printed uh, uh, mockups. And in the end, you try to find the balance of this ergonomic works. But then you have, you have other things. We, uh, the, the Lisbon earbuds, for example, uh, which are one of our latest products and assumably the world's smallest earbud, uh, the one I'm wearing right now. And that was a, a late night with me and uh, some of the teams. And uh, we were just like, if you cut that stem off on our version of the AirPods called Stockholm, if you cut that off, it will be a whole lot nicer, look nicer, feel nicer, and it will not, you know, get cramped with your jacket or, or, or hats or so on. So we just literally took a kitchen knife and, and cut it off. And how would they ergonomic <laughs> be like this? And it was so much better. So that was the yeah. foundation of all of that product. But that's you're getting rid of the you're, you're getting rid of the battery though. There, right? In the in the Lisbon's, like what has the Stockholm got that the Lisbon doesn't? <laughs> actually, nothing. Uh, well, actually, yes. Uh, it has two microphones. Uh, Stockholm has two microphones. So, and and that's essentially the reason. You have a stem that you have minimum two and a half centimeters between uh, the bottom and the top where you have the other uh, microphone. The, the reason is if you have two microphones with algorithms, you can sort of calculate which sound, meaning your voice, you should take in and which sound, meaning your surrounding, you should, should remove. And when that works well, yes, it enhances them. So with Lisbon, you only have one. But to be honest, I've been surprised not to the, the performance, so uh, we, we haven't been missing the other microphone or that. And obviously, it's saved cost, so it's, it's a fairly cheap uh, or like a very cheap alternative for that reason. So that's that, that's the drawback. But instead, on battery, we we, we, we have a, a good, very good coin cell uh, battery in there, reaching, I believe, is eight or nine hours in one go, plus the, the, the charging case. So, yeah. Again, when you when you get an idea you really like, just nerd yourself into it. Then you can make something quite cool. Mm. And and with with earbuds as well, you can't try before you buy. You know, obviously there's a hygiene aspect to it, so you have to you have to make the the the, the bad decisions. Unfortunately, I mean, I'm constantly pushing mine in, but you know. Yeah, it, 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 I mean, it's good that you address it because we we, we, get, we get a lot of angry customers saying, "Oh, I tried them and I don't like how it's on the back." It's like but did you try underwear that's in the back? Uh, <laughs> no, you don't. You, you, and, and what happens is if we would allow that, and we, we, we've been having tons of you know internal discussions around this, if we would allow that, then we have the choice to either sort of clean it and put it back and sell it to someone else. But I wouldn't want to get that. Uh, or we throw them away. And first of all, it's of course a loss. But more importantly, we've just produced a good product with battery and everything, and we toss it away. Uh, that's not great. For, for the environment so it is a challenge and therefore yeah it's a i think for all 
onlineers, it, it's a challenge. You, you could almost do with something that was like, um, you know, like Glasses Direct do, where they send you the frames with no uh, lenses in. The problem, I suppose, as well, though, with that is, is also um, sound quality. Because I think, I, I mean, I've sent headphones back because the, because the sound quality has been terrible as well, you know. Like, maybe they fit okay, but the sound quality has been awful. Yeah, and, and that's, I guess, a little bit more reasonable reason. If, if the sound quality is bad, then you should send them back. Uh, and and the, the tricky thing there, and especially with your funny ears, <laughs> the sound quality comes out different for different people. Uh, because depending on how far you get them in, uh, and especially if you have the, the earbud solution where it's not a silicone tip, but the open solution like the Lisbon's, then it is going to give you a little bit of a different experience depending on how how far it is, meaning you get better base uh, and vice versa. So where I can like it, you might mis- dislike it. And, and that's always a challenge uh, for, for, for the industry. How do you deal with that such a such a range then? So if you, there's apps that can that can deal with that sort of um, digital adjustment now, I suppose. But have you previously tried to target certain headphones at certain types of music listeners, or um, are you playing sort of a compromise between sort of over ear, in ear, um, on ear headphones? We try to have our path clear, so we 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 stick to what we want to do with the headphones. Uh, and our recipe is a uh, very, very clear sound, but with a fairly heavy bass. Uh, it's not beat heavy. I mean, the, uh, we want to be uh, with, a, with a more shorter bass, meaning it, it, it bams and then goes out very fast, so it doesn't uh, affect the curve. And that's sort of our recipe, which we're aiming towards every time. And the idea with that is that if you like another product of ours, you should have, you should hopefully like this product as well. If you didn't like the previous product, then most likely you won't like this one either. So at least we, we try to find our fan base. And, uh... So there's a feel there's a feel for the whole product range. Exactly. I was going to ask about the um, competitive landscape, you know, with regards to headphones and what you're kind of learning from them versus how, how, are, you, how are you looking at your competitors? Are you, are you testing them and, and keeping your eye on certain manufacturers or, or anything like that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, a lot, obviously. The, the, the industry is moving so fast. They're, 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 it's growing so fast and it's changing shape and form so fast. So you have to really spend a lot of time analyzing what others are doing in terms of innovation, in uh, design, in price points, etc. So that's, that's a big chunk of the work. I often like to check them out at airports or in stores and I like to go to trade shows to see what, what are they doing. And, and we are what I call frenemies. So we always have good chats and good, good discussions about what's, what's the latest. But then again, we want to beat each other up as well. Uh, and, and here in Stockholm, we have quite a couple of good, good brands. So we, we also both help each other and also, I guess, energize each other because you, you always want to win that derby. The, the, the competition is, of course, just pushing you ahead. That's a good thing. Where do you think the headphone industry is going then? Do you think sustainability is where it's at and what that's going to drive innovation? Or do you see kind of some something coming out of left field that we're yet to be aware of us mere mortals? I guess sustainability is an overarching uh, aspect, not only on headphones and not only on consumer electronics, but on everything right now. So I, I, and that's, that's extremely good that people start to care. But then isolating to the audio industry, I think a lot of 
cool things are coming. Obviously, making life a little bit more pain-free, uh, like removing cables. Uh, I mean, going to Bluetooth was the big shift uh, ten years ago, and uh, that uh, apart from uh, from you, Chris, most people use wireless now, uh, and that that, that is <laughs> more free way to to listen. But then also the same with solar. I think we we managed to get out first, but I'm sure. All, all the others become with similar solutions where you simply don't have to care about charging. So that's, it's such a, you know, forward thinking innovation where you just remove pain from the user. But then you're also adding, you talked about the aura ring where, I mean, the, the, the whole Fitbit and uh, Polar and all the others doing those kind of measuring and getting you data about your behaviors, what you should do, what you shouldn't do, et cetera. I think that those kind of sensors will come into audio as well and help you. Maybe give, give you guidance on how, how you live and possibly connect that into more informative purposes. So you, I mean, you see both glasses where, where, where you had glasses with, with the, with the, with audio. First time I saw it, I thought it found it really silly. But then I started thinking that the purpose of this is maybe not just having a, a great audio experience. But to have more information, when you walk on, on town, you, you get information that, hey, turn left, turn right, because you go wrong, or you get offers or get, uh, you know, information that could be handy for you, or just be, being immediately able to speak on the phone, etc. So I think those kind of just simplifying services will be a whole lot more common. And unfortunately, the best in class of that is, of course, Apple. They, they, they build their... Uh, their ecosystem and the rest of us are trying to, you know, challenge that. But uh, we, we, I think that's where the industry is going. Just having more, more services that make your life easier. They're an interesting product as well, actually. Those Bose ones, aren't they? The uh, I'm, I'm wondering whether it's actually some the sort of thing that will catch on. I've never seen anyone on town <laughs> have wearing them. Sometimes it's just about status, though, isn't it? It's about like that. This is what we're doing, whether anyone buys it or not. You know, it's not the point. It's yeah. I think it would be. I think it would be an interesting one to try that because the speakers don't actually go over your ears, though, do they? So you'll just be getting some peripheral noise. <laughs> is what exactly. It's... Exactly. <laughs> like everybody else will be able to hear your music, and nobody likes it when you're playing your music out loud on a bus. And actually, that's a that's a problem with the Apple AirPods as well, isn't it? I, I'm not not even sure the AirPods, but the Apple headphones. Like, I don't think people realise they'd be sitting on the train and everybody around you can hear all the music you're playing. Yeah, exactly. Anecdote to that: in Japan, headphones are not sold in great numbers, and I've been told uh, there are two reasons. First of all, it ruins your hairstyle. Two, uh, but the <laughs> second is that they, they are so polite that they don't want to have headphones that disturb the surrounding when you're on the subway or in a meeting room and so on. Uh, because especially the old-fashioned headphones obviously leak a lot. So, I mean, uh, anyone around could, could hear them. And therefore, they have a, a resistance to headphones. They rather go for earphones for that reason. And uh, I find that really, yeah, amusing. Yeah. Well, I was, uh, I was against, I think, for a while, wearing like the over-ear headphones on a, on a tube. And eventually I just got over it, actually, and then realized that nobody cared. Um, <laughs> For what reason? Well, as, as we previously mentioned, I, I couldn't get on with any headphones that would stick in my ears. And so for years I went, without, went traveling on the tube without actually having any music at all. 
and then I finally broke and thought, well, I'm just going to get a set of over the over the ear uh, headphones and uh, went with them. And I think I got a few funny looks initially, and then I didn't care after that. And I think you see more people are quite willing to go out with them. But I think even 10 years ago, I don't think you'd see many people out with big headband earphones on. I mean, actually, yeah. And as you could probably uh, elaborate on that, as, have you seen changes in sort of customer uh, interest in or customer usage of those sort of headphones? Yeah, absolutely. The last, the, the last 10 years, I think, have moved a lot in that aspect. More people are using it. And uh, especially if you have subways like, like in London, where it's, it's noise. So just having active noise cancellation, even without sound, is going to make your morning better. Uh, so removing all that is it's a blessing. But but those over over the year, like the, you know, the proper true headband ones, like we've been talking about with your solar powered one, you know that that was very much a, a product that you would have at home. I think you know, like fifteen twenty years ago. Yeah, exactly. We're listening to music on your own, whereas the the shift have been where this part of your lifestyle is not strange to walk around with, and uh, and they, they look a whole lot cooler than they did uh, back then. So. I think that shift is definitely revolutionary in the way to wear, wear them. With that, you, you can really have a part of your lifestyle and also have the, the enhanced features. And then you realize, wow, this is really nice uh, to, 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 to walk around with, especially in some way with a lot of noise. I mean, the mornings for me are either cleaning up the inbox uh, of emails or I try to not do that and listen to a podcast or music and when I step into the office, so I, I realized it's so different uh, mindset. Because when I've cleaned up the inbox, I'm already speeded up and I'm not in a as good space. But when you had a nice podcast, I, I've been, you know, moving into that. It's more, almost like a yoga or meditation for me. And then I'm calm. So for me, uh, taking, as I mentioned, taking in information through the ears instead of put, putting a face down into the screen is so much more calming so uh, i'm a big fan of that uh, to be honest oh i agree i mean I, i'm a massive consumer of uh, of podcasts which i think might be why we have one actually but uh... <laughs> <laughs> more people should listen <laughs> no but jokes aside i think it's a, it's so much better way to just absorb information and then at the same time be aware of your surroundings and uh, yeah get a better morning so you, most of your products are Bluetooth now, right? There's no, uh, there's no wires for uh, for your over ear or in ear. Oh, sorry, on ear or. Yeah, so all products but one, and we have one called San Francisco, which was the the first product we launched actually, uh, and it's a corded uh, uh, earbud in many different colors, and it looks, to be perfectly honest, uh, a little bit similar to the original uh, earphone. That's why we played with the name San Francisco, and that's. That's actually selling in great numbers. So you're not alone, Chris. Um, well, I, well, we, we're talking about the ones I'm wearing right now, which is one of the ones I use for like at, when I'm at my computer and for podcasts. But I do have like a cheap pair that I, ta- that I carry around the house for uh, for DIY purposes, um, and they just they they just need to stay in my ear when I'm doing DIY. So you know they they have the wings and stuff. But but, but yeah, they have one job. Yeah, don't fall out, which they do frequently actually. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they're not your they're not yours i, I will no uh... they're not yours not mine. it's also not the, this year's uh, edition i thought uh, so. no no they're a very old they're quite an old pair i think they're about 20 20 pound on amazon they were very very cheap yes, i can see that 
but I've gone through I've gone through so many earphones doing DIY. You know, they have to be small enough that they can fit inside like um, ear defenders that I put on over the top because I'm cutting wood and you know making a lot of noise. So yeah, they they just have to stand up to it. And I've gone I've gone through quite a lot of different different things. So, but I I do I am a fan of the of the Bluetooth as well. I have had a lot of Bluetooth products. Um, but again, I think that's another challenge is the is the quality of the Bluetooth and actually getting things to connect because actually this cheap pair of DIY headphones is an absolute pain in the ass for actually getting it to connect. Frequently, I'll start my podcast and then the Bluetooth won't actually connect and then I have to undo it and do it again. And for some reason, I have to go through this cycle, which I've just accepted as a thing that I have to do. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it, it is a bit of a nightmare. I mean, the, the Bluetooth technology is, is moving fast forward and it's getting better by about every, every edition they release. There's still some challenges, and of course, you have different devices. So when you have, you know, Apple to Apple, <laughs> then then it's easier. But then uh, you need to be aware that there are other brands. Uh, you know, Samsung, LG. You have all these uh, alternatives, and then all of a sudden, different uh, points need to meet at, uh, in the same good way. So the experience needs to be the same. Uh, and there are there are challenges. Yeah. And to be honest, I, I use corded quite a bit as well for the computer. Because I sometimes just like to, now I know it's plugged in, now it's not plugged in. So you, you know it. Whereas uh, with, with Bluetooth, you're like, you're answering the phone and, oh no, the sound is in the earbuds or vice versa. So surely there are challenges. Well, I mean, I have ADHD as well, so I'm frequently losing things. So at least if they're plugged into my computer, I know that they're actually at my <laughs> computer and plugged in and I don't lose them. <laughs> That's very true. That's the point I was thinking as well, because with... Um lossless audio that Spotify releasing and Apple and, you know, probably all the others soon to follow. Bluetooth can't support that that bandwidth, right? Is that shaking things up at all for providing the best sound quality? Because if Apple and probably Spotify by default are going to start sending their audio lossless to earphones that support it, and those are naturally going to sound better than... Bluetooth one. So is there any kind of shakeups or any considerations happening there? Yes and no. I mean, if you if you talk to an audio genius, he would never he wouldn't say Bluetooth out loud. Yeah, you, you don't you don't go to Bluetooth. <laughs> but then for all the rest of us, the ninety-nine other percent, we 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 think that the audio coming through Bluetooth nowadays, and as I and as I said, five, six, seven years ago, you could hear a big difference. Nowadays, the quality even through Bluetooth is, in my view, I mean, definitely good enough. So for normal people, it's not uh, much of a, a drawback, to be honest. Because mm. I guess like, because obviously AirPods are so, so popular. I don't know. I don't know what Apple have got in store or, or anything. But, you know, if you start getting AirPods supporting lossless audio, People are just going to think, "Oh, Apple AirPods are, are really, really good." No, they're just they're just able to support that that kind of streaming. It doesn't doesn't the, the the components might be exactly the same? I, I have no idea. But yeah, but it's it, it's like a chain. So if you have if Bluetooth is the weak part of the chain, then obviously you will have the loss. Uh, but if you strengthen that, well, then they have to look at the other parameters. How can we utilize this extra bandwidth and make something good out? So it, it all it's all connected. So your your other range of phone of, of earphones. Did you have um, cables, and you decided to drop them at some point? Yeah, 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 absolutely. Was that a difficult decision to make, or were you seeing like a downward trend in the popularity of those ones? 
it, we saw a downward trend, absolutely. Not that we, we want to be forward thinking, so we're leaning into the future. Therefore, we, it's easier to face those out. Uh, the ones you were wearing there, for example, which have, it, it's wireless, but it, you have, you have wires between the ear, earbuds. That, I mean, five years ago, that was the biggest thing that, that sold like nuts. And then when true wireless became the sort of standard, then you saw a very fast shift, uh, where people moved over to, to true wireless instead. And now we hardly sell most, uh, wire, normal wireless earbuds, uh, anymore. So trends move fast. And, and that's the thing. You, you need to be really quick in, in the changes all the trends and demand in order to cope with it. And, and had, I mean, you mentioned about Apple, but how do you try and, how do you sort of balance that between sort of following and leading? Because obviously you're leading the way with the, with the solar. Uh, so, I mean, do you, do you have to try and again, strike some sort of balance there? Yeah, I guess the Apple recipe is not to lead technology, but to lead experience. Uh, oh, that's very true, actually. They, they generally haven't invented or they, ma- many things. They've reinvented a lot, though. Yeah, and I do think that's the way to do it. Uh, no one wants technology for the sake of technology. You want the enhanced uh, experience. So our ambition is to do that, give the best solutions, best experiences for, for the users, for the consumers. I think that's I think that's a really interesting point actually about not wanting the the technology for the sake of technology because I, I was actually just talking to a couple of friends the other day about do you remember the Amazon phone when they tried to launch that yeah, yeah. I mean that that was so out of Amazon's style you know they were that that you know focusing on budget things like the Kindle Fire and then they come out with a Kindle phone that's a, a huge price point and has more cameras than you could shake a stick at to try and give you this weird you know virtual experience. Like that, totally out of the um, out of what people were expecting, and of course, it didn't sell, and we, we it, it's disappeared. So I think finding that balance must be must be really tricky. So I mean, sorry, I, I interrupted you. I mean, how are you how are you managing that balance? Yeah, so that, that that is tricky indeed, and the the frustrating thing is that you don't know until it's on the market. Of course, you can test it, you can do research, you can. Ask your friends and family. You can ask your buyers who should be experts. You can ask all of these and you can get thumbs up. And then when it hits the market, it's not sold. No one's buying. And then all the ones who gave you advice said, Oh, yeah, but yeah, but I I don't think it's working. And then they're an expert, but the opposite opinion. And you're standing there with a, with a, with a development cost, with a ton of stock and you're, you're not getting sold. So. It's super, it's super tricky because the industry is moving so fast that you have to do these sort of trial and errors sometimes. So you need to take decisions that we believe in this. Uh, when we develop this one, we believe that the smallest earbud will be popular. Uh, the solar power, we believe that will be popular, but you don't know. Everybody thinks it's cool, but is it going to sell? All those sort of parameters, you, you only know when it hits the market. I mean, this is this could be a podcast in its entire in its entirety, anyway. But like, how 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 do you deal with like the hardware development in a efficient manner so you don't blow the budget very quickly? I mean, I, I'm, I'm probably not articulating this in a particularly in in, the, in in the best form of a question, but like, hardware development is expensive, and marketing a product is expensive, like far more than software. Like, how how do you manage that? 
it is it is expensive indeed uh, and our our recipe has been to be very fast and fairly lean uh, i mean tooling cost is always going to cost you i mean that, that is significant uh, cost but then you also have the sort of other uh, the, the design cost the, the engineering cost um, and all those what's called nre costs on top of that you you with bluetooth and wind wireless you have tons of that different certifications. Here in Europe, we have CE. After the Brexit, we'll, we'll have some more UK. In each individual market in, you know, Asia, if you go to Indonesia, Philippines, you will have different, uh, certifications there. They, they are like $10,000. And if you add that to every market you, you want to go into, then the, 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 it becomes very, very big. So it's all about trying to manage that so that you can, as you said, Test the concept. Is it working? Okay. Then we add more cost to it. We invest more into it and so on. Uh, and, and the same goes with the marketing approach. We, you always want to do this big bang launch, but some products will not be awarded a big bang launch. We will we'll sneak it in and see if it applies. The solar power, of course, we put <laughs> all engines going uh, to, to get that flying. But, but for other products, we simply need to do it low key in order to save costs to see if it's, if it's the concept is right. So staying lean during development helps you, first of all, being fast, and secondly, having less risk if the concept is wrong. When, when you said NRE before as well, that's non-recurring engineering costs, is that correct? Yeah, exactly. So it's the time to um, design, develop the product initially. Exactly, and that's, of course, your own, your own costs, but also the... The factory and other things uh, are charging those kind of costs for for working with. So, so do, do you have like specific metrics that you're trying to target for the development of, of certain things? So, like we, you know, this is the amount we've got to spend on on this, or like this particular product is going over in this area, and you know, we've got to keep it lean. You've got metrics that your um your your investors, I suppose, are, are expecting you to map to or manage to. Yeah, absolutely. I mean. We, we, when we have a concept, uh, whether that's from a late night and kitchen night, uh, <laughs> or if, if that's from a more, more real uh, situation, then, then we, we create the business case and we see that the, the development cost will be this amount. <laughs> How many do we need to sell to make it worth? Uh, and it's not going to work. So before we, we have some sort of gatekeeping, but to be perfectly honest with you, uh, this, we're, we're, we're quite uh, entrepreneurial gang here and we are, we are running a lot by uh, just getting a lot of influence from competitors, from trends and uh, the world around us. And then we're trying to be fast. So I think our winning recipe is that we don't have committees. We don't have big corporations uh, and decision-making uh, processes. It's the development team. I'm involved. Do we do it? Yes, bang. We're, we're doing it. And that's the primary reason why we were the world's first solar powered headphones. Others have been looking at this forever, but we, we just, let's do it and then do it fast. Uh, so we, I believe in speed and then try to fix things along the way. Yeah. And I suppose in the area, the product area that you're in, headphones, it being, you know, heavily consumer driven, quite a passion area. I can understand that the passion might overtake that a little bit and help to drive some of that <laughs> product development. You need that passion and energy to sort of get things moving. I'm a very impatient person myself. I think that helps. Sometimes people here in the office go crazy about me. Because uh, I'm always like, let's do that, let's do that. But I think 
everybody enjoys it, even though they are in that particular moment, they were like, come on, come on. <laughs> I just developed this one. Like, do we need to do another one at the same time? But that's the magic about what we do. We, we have a high place. We do things simultaneously. And uh, that's how I get energy. Well, I think that's a good place to wrap. As we, we, we're becoming impatient to finish, <laughs> we've all got passion to get on with the rest of the days. Um, <laughs> exactly. Is there, is there anything else you, you want to you add as final thoughts, Anders? I mean, thank you for joining us, of course. No, I, I think it was a, a great chat. Uh, lots of good discussions and thoughts. And uh, yeah, we'll think about uh, these ideas I've now had. And uh, I'll, I'll have you on the, on the pages. Good, good. I, I, look, I look forward to seeing, uh, seeing seeing my ideas turned into a frisical product. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, great. Well, thank you for joining us. Thanks a lot. Take care, guys. Cool company. I, I really like Urbanista. Shouldn't we be getting some swag from these interviews, though? I think I'd like a new pair of headphones, actually, now that you've mentioned it. <laughs> Well, next week we're back on the cybersecurity theme. We've had quite a few of those and new people seem to really, really, really like them. So um, this one's a bit of a banger with Dimitri Irapitov on the show. Okay. And so uh, that's it for this week. I think we'll see you again next week. What, where do we have to remind them to do, Sam? What, what's, the, what's the final list of things? Well, Apple are the only place that allow for reviews. First stop is to go there. They only allow five-star reviews. It's very, very important. There's only, yeah, you can only rate it five stars, but you have to review. So there's that one. Spotify doesn't, but give us a follow on there. You can go to Podchaser. Podchaser, that would be You nice. can review individual episodes on Podchaser. We really appreciate that. Yeah, a bit of discussion over there about this episode would be nice in the form of a five-star review. Yeah. Great. You can check out check out that tech.show and you can look at through all of the older episodes as well because we've got well, this one will be 52 now I think is that right so you'll have 451 other episodes to go and uh, sink your teeth into sink your ears into let's follow on from the headphones buy your Ebenezer headphones and then you can listen to that tech show on them <laughs> mm, that's a good idea and buy us a coffee just a coffee oh yeah we are fueled <laughs> by coffee Send us a shackle. I need his coffee now. It's too early. All right. I think that's it. Thanks, folks. See you next week.